Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. All right. And Noah built an ark unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And this is after they came out the ark, by the way. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. Watch this now. God again points, uh, points to the fact that he destroyed man from the earth because what, his imagination became corrupted. Everybody say the word imagination. imagination. Say it again. Say imagination. imagination. Your, listen, our, our meditation deals with the imaging that happens in your mind. And you should get to a, part, a point in your life with meditation where it's not something you try to do, it's something that happens automatically. Or, or really what you call daydreaming is what I call inadvertent meditation. That means it's automatic. When, when, when the things you daydream about are things that are so deep in your consciousness that you don't even have to, choo- you don't have to choose to, to, um, to Think about it or meditate it. You just, you're, you're doing something, you just drift off. It takes you over. Anybody know what a daydream is? Yeah, everybody in the room should know, because some of you are doing it now. <laughs> and the thing you're daydreaming about is something that is on your heart so heavily, or something that has your attention so arrested. Maybe something you're looking forward to, or you're not looking forward to, or something that happened earlier that you may have to deal with later on, or something that happened that really got you real good. But, but that's what a daydream is. It's, it's an inadvertent meditation. You drift off and you, you visit it and you could see pictures and people will look at you and watch this. You, in the natural, you look like you're just staring, but you're, you're staring to them, but you've seen a whole nother dimension. You're in a whole nother realm. And, and we'll say, well, you, you know, just, just daydreaming. But daydreaming, if, if we know how to manage that, that's what things are made of. Good example. When I first start, I started studying the psychology of colors and I realized as a teacher that a yellow environment increases a person's ability to learn. The first thing I did when I learned that was the room that I wrote, in, wrote my songs in, I painted yellow. And wherever I would teach, if I had control over the room, I would paint it yellow. Because when I first read it, I started daydreaming of yellow rooms. How does a yellow room look? What kind of yellow? And now you look around, everything, every time I'm teaching somewhere, it's going to be yellow, if I have any control over it. If you can manipulate that, not people, but your, your imagination, great things can happen from that. Now, I'll flip over now to Genesis chapter 11 and verse 5. I want to show you something that's powerful. God's, God destroyed the earth, the, or, 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 or the man on the earth, through the flood because, only because his imagination got messed up. God says everything, that he, every image that came into his thinking was evil. In the Hebrew, the word is ra, R-A-H, and ra means it was destructive, it was hurtful, it was harmful. 
They, they, man, man was incapable, incapable at, this, at this point of seeing anything that was profitable, anything that was good. And God says, because of what, watch this, because of the things he daydreams about, because of the things that, that he sees in his mind, I got I to destroy him. How powerful is that? He hadn't done anything yet. Let me show you why, it was, why God had to do it. Look at verse 5 of Genesis 11. And the Lord God came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now, nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be... God said, watch this now. Everybody look for a minute. This is where the different languages in the world came from. If you read the previous verses, the Bible says that the men started out in Genesis 11 verse 1 talking about... Matter of fact, the Bible says the whole earth was, was of one language, of one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east they, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. God had told them to go and replenish the earth. He said, I want you to separate and go to different places and repopulate the earth. Okay? But they decided, they got together and said, let's build a tower that will reach heaven. Now, you and I both know how impossible is it to build a tower that's going to reach heaven. If even, this is the 21st century, we have modern technology, and if someone announced they were going to do that, we, we, we all laugh, right? But God didn't laugh. Matter of fact, verse 5 says he, God, God came down to see the, the city they were building and the tower, and in verse 6, God says, the people are one. And here was God's concern. A man was able for the first time to cast a vision and what he saw in his mind, the image that he saw, he was able to get other people to see it too. And now with that collective imagination, they all are moving forward and God comes down and God says, you know what? He's speaking to the other, parts, the other uh, members of the Godhead. God is saying, you know what? If we don't stop this, they're going to find a way to build a tower to heaven. And God said, here's what we need to do. Let's confound the language. Let's confound their language and that they may not understand one another's speech and let's scatter them because if we don't do something now, they're going to find a way to do this. That's how powerful imagination is. Here's the rule of imagination. After, well, let me just give it right here. After meditation has fully saturated your heart to the point where you begin to see images and your heart believes and buys into the image, your will will begin to seek opportunity to express itself. Until your heart is reprogrammed to, decide, to desire something else, your human will is going to pursue the image that's in its heart. And all it needs is opportunity. Did I kill you or are you out there? Listen to what I'm saying. Once, you, once, medita once, medita once, once through meditation, you've meditated on something long enough. When it fills your heart, it engages your will, and your will will begin to pursue that thing, the image, the picture that's before it. It's like a carrot. It, it will follow that picture everywhere it goes. It will violate every rule and do what it has to do. It's pursuing this thing. If you don't restrain it, when it finds its first opportunity, it will do it, no matter what it costs you or anybody else. That is the way we are designed. Meditation. So don't take lightly the lesson I'm teaching you on meditation. It, meditation is, what meditation really is, is filling your heart with a certain bit of information to the point where you can't help but act it out, live it out, express it, desire it, pursue it. Okay? Now, 
God uses the, the powerful tool of meditation to affect the imagination, to move our lives in, in the direction of his will. And all this is preliminary, but you've got to learn this. Uh, put Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11, you know this by heart. Uh, look up on the screen, please, if you don't mind. Just jot down the scripture. Uh, matter of fact, let's read the scripture together. Ready? Let's read. Thy word have I... Uh-huh. One more time. Uh-huh. Now watch this. When, when you think of sin for the purpose of this lesson, I want you to think of sin as a deviant path, as an alternative road, as, as a different direction for where God wants you to go. So God has your life on a track. The track is filled with blessing. It will end in fulfillment. You, you are going to gather all the stuff that God has prepared for you as you travel this path of obedience. Um, think of sin as the alternative route. Well, you could be going down the road, looking at the other road over from you, at the blessing of God, but because you're on this road, you'll never be able to access it. You can see it, but you can't get it. Think of sin that way. What sin really is, it's the, it's the, it, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, and that is, it's, a, it's a different road. It could be a parallel road, but not God's road. You understand what I'm saying? This sin is going to end in a dead end. God, God's road will lead you right out of the earth into eternity. So when David said, thy word have I hid in my heart, he, say, he says, what I did to make sure I never take the wrong road, he said, I've, I've, I've stuffed your word by meditation into my heart so much so it affects my imagination and I go only in the direction of the image I see. And how, Pastor, how, explain to us how to do that. It begins by simple scripture meditation. Memorizing the word of God. How many of you have memorized more than 10 scriptures? More than 10 scriptures you have memorized? Okay, now be careful raising your hand. I may call on you to come up and quote some. <laughs> How many of you have more than 10 scriptures memorized? You believe more than 10, okay? All right, more than five. You have more than five from five, between five and 10. Between one and five. How many of you said, Pastor, you know what? I have not memorized any scripture, be honest. Okay, you know anybody going to raise their hand? I'm going to pick somebody out there. How many of you have not memorized any scripture? Okay, good. Let me pick somebody out. And don't say Jesus wept. I'll throw something as God. God is my witness. I'll throw something at you. <laughs> I ain't about you tonight. I'm on a timetable. You, you got away tonight. <laughs> I just knew somebody would go, Jesus wept. And I'm coming out of Get me in the flesh. All right. So now go, go in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So, so having the word in my heart, I get it there through memorization and meditation, it, it, it deters me from taking the wrong road. Now watch this, Deuteronomy 6 and 6. Scripture reads, simple scripture. God says, and these words, speaking through Moses, these words, which I command thee this day shall be where? God says, I want the word in your heart. I want the word where? And if the word is in your heart, even if you can't get the exact word-for-word memorization of it, you at least can give the idea of the scripture. You got it? God says, my plan for you is this word I'm giving to you, it has to be in your heart. It has to be where? If it's not in your heart, you can't win. 
If it's not in your heart, you're going to struggle. If it's not in your heart, you're going to fall. You're going to end up living the kind of life where on the outside it looks like victory, but the inside is total defeat. And I'm not saying that in, in, in a judgmental or, or, or accusatory way. I'm, just, I'm saying it from this perspective. We got to get to the point where that word that we're, that we're hearing, the word that's on the pages of the Bible, the, the revelation that's coming across every time we get up, it got to get into our hearts. Okay, now, go to, uh, go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Just going to write it down. We're moving quickly. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Are you there? Uh, look up on the screen. Let's read together. Ready? Let's read. Therefore shall ye lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Now put the New Living Translation up there so we know what in the world we're talking about. Is up there? Let's read it again. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine, tie them to your hands, and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Now, this, that's figurative. But what the Lord is saying is, keep my word before you until it gets in you. And saturates your heart. Until, it, until you, watch this now, it's in your heart to such a degree that you're starting to see pictures. That you're starting to see what? Pictures. pictures. You're starting to see images from the word that's in you. Now, go to Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. Luke chapter 8 is one of the three or Gospels, where the parable of the sower is told. It's told in Matthew chapter 13, it's told in Mark chapter 4, and now here in Luke chapter 8. What I want to point out to you is, we all talk about the word of God bringing forth fruit. We talk about harvest. That's a big thing in 21st century church. We talk about harvest, you know. Um, the sower sows the word, and, and the word brings forth a harvest. But notice now, the word cannot bring forth a harvest unless it's in your heart. Look at verse 15. But that on good ground... Are they which in an, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, they keep it. Keep it where? In their hearts. After having heard the word, they what? They keep it. Having heard the word, they? Keep having heard the word, they? The question is, we were talking about this on Sunday, how much of the word that you're hearing are you keeping? Because that's the only part of the word that's going to bring forth fruit. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Art Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Why, yeah. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. 
Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Stay connected with Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hart Ramsey. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. What part of the word are you keeping? Because the part that you're letting slip is not bringing forth any fruit. Now you say, Pastor, well, I thought you were teaching us about future. Believe it or not, this is about the future. I'm about to get to the part. But you have to understand how meditation works. Because what I'm about to ask you to do is so simple. It is so simple. But if the word is not in your heart, it has to begin with you getting the word in your heart. You follow me? Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15, I made a statement to you that once your heart is fully saturated through meditation, your will is now looking for an opportunity. If you, have, if, if you believe in something, or if you believe, for example, that, um, that one day um, someone prophesied to you and say, um, someone is going to come along and they're going to give you a million dollars. If the prophet that gave you that word is a legitimate prophet and has a, a prophetic track record with you, and you say, man, this person never lied, then you're going to be looking for it to happen. You're going to be looking for it to happen. I remember everywhere I went, people, people prophesied to me. Uh, I, I was a young man. Your songs would be heard, heard all over the world. All over the world. Your songs would be, that was prophesied to me for years, from ever since I was first saved. Your songs would be heard all over the world. And after a while of, of that not happening, I stopped expecting it. I stopped writing. The other night, someone said to me, I was on the internet, and I saw your album in Russian. So, so, so I went on the internet and I saw it in French, I saw it in Spanish and in Russian. And I thought to myself, looky here. Because I remember the prophecy that was given to me. I, I started looking for it. I stopped. And then the prophecy came again at the retreat a couple years ago. Bishop gave it again. And so I started writing again. Watch this now. So now the thing that God said has happened. If you knew that the person that's giving you a word of the Lord was giving you an accurate word and it will come to pass, how many of you would look for it? That's the way you're programmed. When, when your heart becomes full of anything, an image of any kind, through meditation, without you even thinking about it consciously, your will tries to bring it to pass. Amen. That's why you've got to be careful what you put before your eyes, gentlemen. Amen. Got to be, listen, man, I ain't playing no games with this. Let me tell you something. It is not outside the realm of possibility that you've seen the filth on the internet. Don't, 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 don't turn to the left or the right, just look straight ahead. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not indicting you. What I'm saying to you is, I'm not telling you to leave it alone because, simply because you know, you're married. Or what. No, I'm saying it's going to kill you. Amen. It's not even about the picture you're looking at. What it's about is it's trying to, what this thing is designed to do is to bait you off the right road. That's what it's about. Amen. To get you off the right road, get you going down the wrong road, because once, you, once you're down the wrong road, it's your fair game. 
The plan of God for your life is determined so that God can get some glory out of your life and make some inroads into the kingdom of darkness. God wants to use you for his glory. Okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15. Okay, let's read it together. Ready? Read. Uh huh. Now let's read again. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country, uh huh. We have an English word. The word is mnemonic. It begins with an M, but it's pronounced mnemonic. This, that's the, the Greek word there. If the thing, he says, truly, if the thing had been circulating in your mind, to the over and over again to the point where it produces images. He said, if it had been in your mind, you, the, your, you would have created the opportunity. See how powerful this is? Now, here's what I want to do for you. I've taught you in the meditative process, verbalization, visualization, internalization, repetition. Those are the elements. And I, I showed you from Ezekiel 37 that you can prophesy or speak or communicate to something what God has communicated to you. And, if, and if, if you believe what you're saying out of your mouth from the word of the Lord, it will come to pass. If your heart is full of it, it will come to pass. But now I want you to go with me to Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 37. Because the truth is, because you verbalize or prophesy something does not mean it will come to pass. What gives your words manifestation power is that you've taken, uh, you've taken God's decree to heart and now you're declaring it. In other words, you're saying something that God said. God spoke it first. You memorize it or meditate it till it got, your heart became full of it and then you speak it out of your mouth. Now it's going to come to pass. You know, uh, um, I'm not going to give uh, my sister's testimony. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to call her name, but I'm, I'm going to just tell you a testimony that I got recently. I was, um, you know, on, I get a lot of messages on Facebook, and I do a lot of counseling there because it's, it's easy. And when I say it's easy, um, I, I could give you counseling in five minutes, solve a whole problem. Sometimes I sit down 45 minutes, we don't accomplish nothing. But you write something to me, I write something back five minutes each way, it's solved. And so I got, a, I got an email and, and, um, from a sister, and I'm going to let her give her testimony when she gets ready, but I'm going I'm to I'm give the testimony and then... Let her put the name to it later on. Thought, uh, well, she was told that her blood work came back abnormal. They thought it was cancer. Called in for a test, I think a nuclear bone test. And, and she, she wrote her pastor and she said, Pastor, I'm scared. And I said to her, you know, in a situation like this, I mean, I understand that the fear is a natural thing. But the supernatural response is to trust God. And so what I did, I gave her a bunch of scripture to read. She wrote me back, she thanked me. We kept in contact for a couple of days, and uh, she went and she took the test. And, and matter of fact, in one, in one uh, of the emails, I thought it was funny, she said she went in to take the test, uh, uh, and they asked her what she wanted to listen to on the radio. She told them the station, and when they put it on, I was on there hollering. <laughs> That's funny. I was on there preaching. But anyway, she thought, she thought you know, we both thought that was funny, and she, we, we were waiting on this test. And so she, on Monday, she, she was supposed to go for the test results. Well, I'm praying for her. I know she's praying, and she's believing God, and she's taking a, a, a counsel of God from a man of God. Well, I get an email from her in all capital letters. When your doctor tells you you are a walking miracle, every test came back negative. 
Every test came back negative. And I said to myself, self, if you could tell the people that really believe this thing, because the day is going to come when you're going to be put to the test. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37. It says, Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commanded it not? Listen to the question. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commanded it not? Um, the New Living Translation says, Who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? Who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 says, I will declare the decree the Lord had said unto me. Now, everybody look up, let me help you out. What, I'm, what we're about to move into, and I'll give you a prelim preliminary or setup to help you. I've told you how to go about getting the word in your heart. Now I'm going to show you how to leave your past and step into your future. How many of you want to? Okay, I got 12 minutes to do it. Actually, more like 14. You ready? Okay. Whether or not you believe it, your future begins with your very next step. Your future begins with your very and God is concerned about your very next step. He wants to ensure that your next step is one that leads you into the future he has planned for you. Now, your next step will lead you, your future is going to come whether or not you take a step. But if you want to leave your past into your future, you've got to take a step. Now, in your Bible, I don't even want it on the screen. I, I want you, in your Bible, because I want you to start marking your Bible now. I want to explain some things to you that I don't know that we, that we have gathered. Psalm 119, verse 105. The 119th Psalm is what's called an acrostic psalm. Acrostic. Or everything is in alphabetical order. And this acrostic psalm is about the word of God and its relationship to us and our relationship to it. Psalm 119, I want you to look at verse 105. Not that you need this because you know it by heart. But I want you to mark this because I want you to write some notes in it. Are you there? Okay, everybody, Psalm 119, verse 105, read out loud. Ready? Read. Thy word is a lamp. Two more times. Thy word is a. One more time. Now listen to this. There's a story in the book of Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, about ten virgins. Remember that story? Five wise, five foolish. The issue that they were dealing with was, was what? Do you remember what the issue was? What was it? It was oil for their, for their lamps. And if you read, you've read the story, they talked about trimming the lamp. Remember that? Okay. Now, how many of you, ever, how many of you live in the country or used to live in the country? How many, how many, how many of you had grandparents that lived in the country? Because you don't want to admit it. Okay, good. Watch this. Do you, do you remember, you know what a wick is? Okay, you tell me, what's wick? Somebody tell me, what's wick? It goes into the lamp, it goes down into the oil, and you light the wick, and the, okay, the, the, it's, okay, good. Have you ever taken, taken a lamp outside without a glass cover? Okay, how many of you, in, on a dark country night, and try to walk with that lamp? 
Okay, I need you to help me. Tell me some of the char characteristics of, of the light that's before you. Huh? It flickers. That means, watch this now, it flickers. That means sometimes it could be, it could be burning bright and sometimes it could go down real low. You have to stop and you have to guard it. Now, with your lamp in your hand, something moved in the bush. Watch this now. Can you take your lamp and see what it is? If you say yes, you're not from the country, you're fronting. You're a city slicker trying to... <laughs> huh? No. It, it, the, the truth of the matter is, you can't use your lamp and see what's way over in the bush. So you start going, who's there? If you're smart, you got a shotgun in one hand and a lamp in another. <laughs> well, you know, country folk, oh, they like their weapon. They got a gun. I'll shoot you. Because the lamp, watch this now, the lamp in your hand cannot give you light over there. It's really for the path you're on. All the lamp really does is govern your next step. No, no, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, no, no, I'm telling you why. Because what happens to us is, here's what we do. God, and that devil, he's a slick booger. What he will do to you is you will make a mistake and he will write off your entire future. And at that point, God is not even concerned about your entire future. He's concerned about your next step. He's concerned about your next step. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Hart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website at nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. You can follow Pastor Hart on social media at Hart Ramsey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow our church on Twitter at NCC Family, on Instagram at Northview Christian Church, and on Facebook by searching for Northview Christian Church. Be sure to join us next time as we dive into God's Word and get on course with Hart Ramsey.